like stuck for like what's it? I don't I don't want to sound cheery. I know. Like, uh, I'm not going to say happy March, Melissa, but I am going to say it's March. We're here. It is March. We are. Melissa and I are always appropriately socially distanced. I would just like to state for the record, um, we are following the guidelines to the T. We are much more than six feet away from each other. So it's been been crazy. It's been a crazy two weeks, week and a half. Three. I feel like it's been a crazy three weeks. I feel like it's been like It's been a very long month. Yeah. March... (laughs) The expression for March is in like a lamb, in like a lion, out like a lamb, right? Something like that. And I I feel like the lion part of March has just not left us. Oh, no. No. It just, we, I feel like we're just seven years into this at this point. So, yeah, we are living in the time of a pandemic. Yep. COVID-19. COVID-19. It sounds like a terrible hashtag. But it's it is a terrible hashtag. <laughs> terrible hashtag. But we are, as a team here at CMAA, doing everything we can to, you know, make sure that our members have the support that they need through this. I mean, we've been working what feels like overdrive for, the, as you said, like the last two three weeks, trying to stay abreast of the constantly evolving situation and regulations coming down from all levels of government, um, all recommendations from different public health organizations and really just trying to put together the information that we have and get it out to you all in a way that is easy to access and digest and hopefully apply in your clubs. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting when we started developing this episode at the beginning of March and the end of February, you know, we were in a very different place than we are now. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and really blew our topic out of the water. And um, yes. so we, we, we promise we will go back to employee onboarding with our good friend, um, Boris. Um, but this really took precedence for us to talk about these issues and make sure that um, the crisis management area was covered for our members. So um, we'd like to share a little bit about the resources that we have and then get into two interviews that we were very fortunate to, uh, to get scheduled and, and done. For sure. uh, in light of all the chaos that's going on. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you should have been receiving a number of communications from uh, the association about all of the resources that we have available. The first and probably largest um, compendium of resources that we have is can be found at cmaa.org slash be prepared. Um, and we've been working hard to keep that page populated with the most up-to-date information and recommendations from the government, from the CDC, from the uh, World Health Organization, as well as some templates for club communications. Um, and Melissa, what kind of other stuff do we have up there? I know we have a ton of information. Sure. So uh, the recommended cleaning practices, we've got what you should be using, how often should you be doing that, um, emergency plans, sample communications, really everything you need. And it's a great launching point because not only do we have all of that information, but we also have access to um, CMA Connect from there, our best practices exchange, Mm -hmm. um, where more of those conversations are going. We have started a crisis communications or crisis webinar series Mm -hmm. and the launching point. We literally have new ones being scheduled every day. You can access all of those um, directly from that link um, on 
be prepared, um, as well as you can jump off to CMA University, where you'll find our whole a whole new section devoted devoted specifically to just resources on COVID, including the Healthy Habits E Start course. Mm-hmm which is a 30-minute infectious disease awareness program um, that's specific with critical information um, on how to prevent the spread of infectious disease from the common cold, the flu, to coronavirus. Um, And that's specifically designed for food service. And that's available to all members through CMA University and also to subscribers of the Club Resource Center. Correct. Um, we also have launched um, a weekly email that is going out um, every Friday from our CEO, Jeff Morgan. Uh, this email will serve as sort of a weekly roundup, if you will, of all of the different um, efforts that we've made in the past week um, to you know, keep our members abreast of what's going on and share some best practices. The first one has gone out the, this Friday as we're recording on the 20th. Um, but you can look forward to that every Friday for the foreseeable future. And it will be, you know, as I said, a roundup, but it will also include what's to come in the week ahead in terms of things that we've already scheduled out, whether that's webinars or upcoming surveys from our research department. Um, that's another point. We have put a, re- a survey out into the field earlier this week, and that will close on Sunday. But those responses um, will be about how the pandemic is impacting clubs and um, what clubs, what measures clubs are taking uh, to address the spread of coronavirus and even questions dealing with staffing and pay and all of these issues that are sort of stemming from, you know, a virus. Um, that data will be shared out with our membership as well, because obviously that information is going to be vital in terms of decision-making as we go down the road. Um, but this email, as I said, will go out every Friday from Jeff. Um, and so just stay tuned. It's a great place to find all of the current resources, um, as far as what we're sharing and what we're trying to, um, make sure is on board for you all. We're also tracking on the advocacy perspective, specifically federal legislation, which is impacting um, mandates of paid leave during this pandemic. So you can find a whole summary of H.R. 6201, the Family's First Coronavirus Response Act, and what that means in relation to emergency paid sick leave, emergency paid leave, and also um, the extension of unemployment benefits, um, all really valuable information that our members need to have. Um, we literally could do a whole podcast on just what's included oh, in that bill. So check it out and um, <laughs> maybe reach out if you have questions. Maybe we should do a special edition podcast just on the legislative piece of this, because I feel as though we're just sort of scratching the surface on a lot of the advocacy stuff that's about to come down the pike in the next couple of weeks. Um, we'll keep that, uh, keep that in mind. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Is there anything else that we haven't covered in terms of our research? Oh, the norovirus paper. Absolutely. Coincidentally. <laughs> and this was unplanned. Unplanned. This is, um, and I wouldn't say a happy accident, but convenient in that we finished this up right on time as it were. Um, the, there is a white paper uh, on how clubs can handle the norovirus, which I'm sure we're unfortunately all familiar with. Um, and this was 
we've put together a number of different pieces within that white paper. Um, there's an executive summary as well as a longer report and then a number of supplemental of pieces of information that go along with it. Um, but that is available to our members as well. And that can be found in the Best Practices Exchange as well as on CMA University. Absolutely. Check it out. It's a great resource. A and great as we compliment. go through... It is. So if leadership is, there's a quote that I read recently that leadership is about creating confidence in times of great uncertainty, whatever that uncertainty might be. And we are definitely in uncertain times today. could say that again. (laughs) So we are excited, I guess, to have with us our first guest um, for this month. And uh, we sat down with Joe Cren, CCM CCE, who's the Chief Operating Officer and General Manager at Farmington Country Club in Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, Joe presented a session at World Conference this year called Critical Situations. It hit the fan. Now what? Um, which is great topic. Rather great. Love it. I love it. I really, it's, <laughs> you couldn't say it better. Precisely. Um, so this is the session description, I believe, mm-hmm. from that. It is. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, we'll share that with you and then we'll give Joe a little quick introduction. Um, and then we will share with you uh, his his thoughts. So as many leaders have experienced firsthand crisis situations, whether natural or man-made, um, these can quickly test their preparedness and resolve as well as their ability to be successful. Challenging situations come in many different shapes and sizes. If you've been in leadership any length of time, you've encountered times of uncertainty and concern. It's during these times in which quality leadership steps to the forefront and produces the results needed for success. We are excited to have Joe Cren on the show today as he draws on his experience to discuss best practices, communication strategies, and key concepts to help you lead your organization under pressure. As I mentioned, Joe is the GMCOO at Farmington Country Club in Charlottesville, Virginia, and he's been there since 2012. He's the club's fifth GMCOO in its 92-year history, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to Farmington, Joe gained management experience with a variety of other highly distinguished private clubs, including the Atlanta Athletic Club, Ansley Golf Club, and Cherokee Town and Country Club. So please welcome Joe Cren. Joe, thank you so much for taking time out of what I know is chaotic time for everybody to be with us today. Um, So what inspired us to reach out to you was your recent conference um, education session, um, really on the topic about crucial leadership. And um, tell us what inspired you to do that session. You know, the, you know, as club managers or even as leaders, we are always faced with the curveballs, as I like to say, and I always joke around, say they don't teach you this stuff in school, you know, through a series of different things over the few years, I found that I was with the club in some situations that, that were just, um, challenging. Um, some of it involved, you know, national media, some of it involved just community relationships. And more importantly, it's also, you know, our own membership and, and, and how you appear and what you do with them. So in going through that, I started realizing that they don't teach you this in school and you need it, you know, as leaders and as clubs and where we're going in this world, you need to start doing it. So, and people would say, oh, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. They always tell us that. And I always say they're going to pay us more not to write that book, but. <laughs> Absolutely. And looking well, I, at it. I think I, it's I, I, Oh, sorry. No, no, please go ahead. I was going to say, in looking at it, I felt that, 
looking on my experiences, but also looking at what other some managers were going through, I felt this was a key topic that managers needed to talk about more. So that's why I proposed doing this at conference. You know, I think it's interesting that you bring up you know, all these other situations, because I think when we think of crisis in clubs, we think of disasters, we think of fires, we think of hurricanes, tornadoes, and, and, and those are the big things. But there are also so many of these smaller crises, these media issues, other things that, you know, I think that there's not going to ever be a manager who doesn't have at least one of these, you know, they may not have a catastrophic fire, but they're going to have one of these issues pop up for them. And obviously the situation we're in today, um, you know, kind of illustrates that for everyone. But so tell us what is the most important skill set to really develop as a manager during these types of situations? Absolutely. Well, you know, one of the slides I believe I showed at conference, it just said that, you know, four out of five decision makers believe they're only 12 months from a potential crisis. And, you know, again, crisis doesn't have to be social media. I mean, news and things. It's, it could be, you know, something happens in your club with between members. I mean, there's, there's always, it's all how you define a crisis. Um, and then 46% don't have a plan. So I think the, the big thing of that or the takeaway for me was, you know, start thinking about how are you going to handle this as a board, as a leadership and really start developing what they've labeled as these um, critical communications plans, you know, and everybody has different ideas of what that plan is. But really, in, especially if you look at what we're going through now with this coronavirus, you know, who's responsible for managing and who does what, you know, where, where's the, call it command center, you know, where's everybody going to meet or how are you going to handle the decision process? Who speaks on behalf of the organization? I mean, having answers to that, in the front will really help anybody when you, when you're in the middle of it, because when you're in the middle of it, things are just spinning. So thinking through having a plan or just a piece of paper that you can go back on to help center you, I felt was very important. And that's the message I wanted to get across at conference. Absolutely. And it sounds like, um, this idea of, you know, having a plan and having a line of communication sort of pre-constructed, as it were, doesn't feel all that much different than sort of traditional club management skills in the sense that you always want to have those communication lines open and a clear structure for who's going to be in charge um, at any given time. Would you say that sort of these crisis management skills differ from traditional management skills at all? No, no. I think I think you were right on with those with that observations. And I think we do this on a regular basis. You know, if you've got to tell the bridge ladies that you're going to be changing their snacks, right? Who's going to speak? How are you going to do it? How are you going to get the information out? Who's going to handle it? I and mean, we do this on a small scale that's less intense or less stressful. So as you start to look at that, how do you take that to the bigger one? I think the only difference with some of these are the size and the scope and more eyes are on you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the stress of the situation that's different. But we as club managers have been doing this forever. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's the bridge ladies, whether it's the, the, the table of wisdom and the grill and how you're going to handle the dues increase and how you're going to get that out. Um, who's going to be the face of it? Um, you know, all these things, what are your, what are your talking points? It's all there. Yeah. So we've been doing it. It's just the stress and the, gravity of the situation when it comes to the impact of the entire organization because um, your your standards or your um, your face to the organization is on 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 
view and Mm -hmm. how do you handle that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and also like the, I feel like the timeline for a crisis situation is always severely like truncated. Everything has to happen very quickly. Whereas in a, you know, normal day to day setting, you don't necessarily have to be moving 600 miles a minute. But when you're dealing with, for example, something like right now, where the situation evolves so rapidly, you have to be on your toes. But I think this understanding of, you know, crisis management as being, you know, skills that we, you already have as club managers, um, that can, I feel like it can ease some of the, the, the panic or the stress of how am I going to do this? Like, no, I already know how to do this. I just have to do it in a very efficient manner. Um, exactly. And you know, your, your values, that's the word I was looking for a minute <laughs> ago. Your values are on display and as club managers, you know, you have to tell people what's going on. Otherwise, people start filling in their own story. So if you don't tell your story, someone else is going to tell it. And we dealt with that on a regular basis with all the rumors around the club. So how do you get that out? It's just really who is in that, who's on your team and who can you lean on? I think the beauty of this corona thing that we're seeing, you know, I'm getting a flood of texts and phone calls from, from mem- managers across the country. Um, I'm calling out people that I know and, and trust and care about, hey, what are you doing? How we can? How can I help you? Or this is the things, the sharing of information and knowing you're not in this alone mm-hmm. is key to all of this because it's stressful. It is um, things that you may have never had to deal with before, and it's things that are outside of our normal day when you start dealing with, you know, the bigger things when it comes to community or or news media or social media or, and things like that, it's scary. So who can you call on to help you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So following along those lines and kind of calling back to the session that you gave at conference, um, what types of things did you wish you had known before and what like surprised you in um, dealing with some of these crises? So, you know, I think, Knowing the question of, you know, what do I wish I would have known, Mm -hmm. you know, take care of yourself. That is the key in a lot of this is, is, you know, you want to be there 24 seven, you want to be there to handle it and be the person that's there for everybody, but you got to take care of yourself. Cause when you get through some of these challenging situations, if you aren't calm or you don't have a clear head, you're not going to make sometimes the best decisions and you have to rely on everybody around you. If you don't take care of yourself, all bets are off. And I think that's the one thing I wish I would have known early on. But you know, when you talk to my staff now, what we're going through with this thing, they're like, so when are you going to go home or what time, when, what day are you taking off? And I look at them and say, don't use my words against me. And they laugh, (laughs) but they also know we've got to take care of ourselves because everything will take care of everything will be okay as long as you're okay. Right. Right. Well, I think that especially in what we're experiencing now, given that it is a public health crisis, um, you know, taking care of yourself truly becomes paramount because, you know, there's so much more um, implicated in that. Right. So if you're not taking care of yourself and you do, you are coming in to work every day, um, you know, you could be unknowingly or knowingly, um, working while you're sick and that could endanger other people. So I think in this current situation, that's even more, 
um, forward in people's minds for sure. Um, and I think it's important to remember that you can't pour from an empty cup. Um, and Absolutely. Putting yourself and your health, mental health and physical health um, as a priority is so important in a very stressful time. Absolutely. And you know what I'm seeing right now, too, is in part of my presentation, you know, you, you try to put things into bite sizes so you can address them and, and think about them and know it. And in one of my presentations, I said, you know, critical situations typically are in two buckets. It's an emergency or it's a controversy. Yes. And as I'm looking at this situation in front of us, this is truly a blend of both mm -hmm. um, because there's obviously the emergency pieces and it's all the things we need to do to take care of ourselves, take care of our club, our members, our staff. But also there's the controversy piece because there's not everybody is believing or buying into the importance of this. So everybody's got their opinions on mm -hmm. what we should or shouldn't be doing. So the blend of this, you know, when it's an emergency, you know, it's an unpredictable event, and usually the board is a support, but it's single communication coming from management. And when it's a controversy, you know, it threatens your organization's reputation. It's, it, the board usually has to respond, and there needs to be communication plans, and there's a couple other things. So what I'm seeing in this situation, we're really blending the two because there's the operational size us managers are taking care of. But we also need the board to kind of give the overall spirit of the club and why we're doing what we're doing while the, the manager's seen as the tactical person. But, you know, our reputation is at, at risk here. If we don't handle our staff right, if we don't take this serious to the community, how are we engaging people? So to me, how am I prepping myself going forward? These two buckets have combined for me. And I think we need to kind of look at that as a whole. I would totally agree. I mean, I think that that actually kind of really touches on the next question that we were going to ask. And this was, you know, how did this experience that you were referring to in your conference presentation, how did that change your interactions with your members, your staff and your greater community? And I think you kind of touched on that. But do you want to go into that a little bit more? Yeah, I think, you know, at first it's you no know, and, and we've been through this before. Everybody has their opinions. People take their side. So, you know, some of the situations from my presentation that I talked about were were very emotionally charged. And I think the surprise during that was how divided um, certain members could be mm -hmm. and how they could uh, take very strong opinions on the board and or leadership, right? So, you know, how do you deal with that? And how do you still maintain the dignity and or the relationships when people are taking such strong opinions on sides? So dealing with that was the education, the communication had to be just right but also not taking it personal. And it's hard not to do that in this hospitality world. Everything we do is personal. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that with just getting the facts out and knowing that because this is an emotional situation, people are highly sensitive and reacting in ways they normally don't. Staff on the staff side, they're just as divided on some of these things on, on where you should do, how you should do it, where you should go. So keeping them informed, keeping them feel that they're part of the process and know that they're safe was a big part. When it gets to community, especially with the situation we're in today, everybody's trying to figure out how to help each other. So, you know, you got to take care of your immediate need, which is your family. I can exclude family as our staff, our members, and everything else. But also, how do we also start looking at how we can help our neighbors? Because we are all in this together. And if we all want to survive through something like this, how do you become good partners with the right people 
but you got to make sure you're taking care of your family first. And then once you know they're safe and secure, so to speak, then you can really start helping your neighbor. And that's, I think, where all clubs are right now is making sure how do we figure out the staff piece? How do we figure out the member piece and the operation? How do you take care of the asset? Then after this is how can we take care of our neighbor? And I think you're going to see a lot more of clubs diving into that side of this in the coming weeks. I would imagine so. Um, so we've kind of touched on, you know, how all of this crisis and um, critical leadership um, come into play as we're dealing with this, um, the pandemic. Um, I did want to mention that you will be talking about sort of working on the front lines of this in the club industry next week um, on a webinar on March 26th. Um, and you'll be talking a little bit about what you've been doing at Farmington. You want to give a little preview of that conversation? Yes, I think uh, I'm looking forward to that because I think part of this industry is we got to help each other. So anything that we can do and, you know, again, we're learning from everybody else as well. So if we can share our information on a broader scale, it's great. But we're going to be talking about how are we going through the decision-making process? You know, who's making decisions? How are we basing those decisions? What are the things that you could be thinking about to keep your members engaged in this process? While you are shut down, some are and some aren't, but what can you do? You're seeing a lot more creativity come out with how are you doing more things online or how are you using communication tools to stay with your members, to check on your members. So I'm looking forward to next week's just to learn also from Randy and Joe and everybody else as well, because I'm sure they're going to come up with things that I haven't even thought of. (laughs) And then uh, I'm hoping I can help them one way or another. Absolutely. Well, I think it will be really good for the membership to hear from you three, um, particularly because each of you is in different areas of the country and your club operations look very different uh, right now in particular. Um, So I think that that contrast will be super helpful for people to hear um, and hopefully maybe get some ideas from. Um, What does Farmington look like right now? Are you guys 100% shut down? We, we are probably 95% shut down. The operation itself has shut down. We are allowing members to use golf and tennis. Um, I think educating people what the word close means has been fun the last couple of days. Um, but trying to really, you know, when you lock down, you've got to get inventory. You've got to make sure, you know, how do you shut down a building that's been here since the 1700s? Half of them didn't have locks. And what does that look like? And, and how, do you, how do you keep the staff spouses calm because there's some of their spouses have to work here. And so we're letting, trying to get them home for a couple of days to get their family in order, but also if we're going to do a to-go program. So we're, we're figuring this out as we goes. And our biggest challenge is every day, it seems like there's a new regulation, whether it be state or government. And the last thing I'm trying to do for staff is start something and then all of a sudden pull back, start, right. stop, start, stop. So we're trying to give each of our decisions a couple of days to kind of see what the landscape looks like mm-hmm. before we implement something, just because it's a very um, fluid situation right now. Absolutely. Well, I think that that's something um, clubs all over are facing be- between the differences between federal, state, and local regulations changing on a what seems like an hourly basis, but what is at least more realistically yeah. a daily basis. So. It's crazy. Um, Melissa, do you have any uh, other questions for Joe? I don't. I can just say I'm I'm really looking forward to the webinar next week. And um, I think, Joe, your your words have been uh, great advice for everyone, not only to take care of themselves, but to to make these decisions very logically and 
and uh, move through the process. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm able to help, and I'm honored that you asked me to be here, and we'll see how I do next week. <laughs> You'll do great. <laughs> and this was very, rather fortuitous that uh, your subject Absolutely. matter fed right into our current situation. So thank you again, Joe. It was really lovely to have you join us, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you next week on the webinar. Well, thank you. And now we're joined by John Kamitz, who's the Director of Security and IT at Saucon Valley Country Club in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, to discuss with us the Idea Fair Entry Emergency App. Um, so, John, well, can you give us a little bit of background on the Emergency App and kind of where the idea came from and, you know, just kind of kick it off? Yeah, sure. So I'm the uh, Security and Communications Manager at Saucon Valley Country Club. And uh, over the past few years, we had a lot of challenges with um, emergency situations where uh, we, have, we have a unique situation where we have 36 buildings and six addresses oh, with wow. 850 acres. Um, it's a pretty large wow. facility. There's multiple <laughs> ways in and out. Yeah. Um, we're pretty open, so there's no, no actual person at the gates to direct anyone where to go. So when there was an emergency, the, the crews had no clue where to go. Oh, gosh. They would just come to Saucon Valley Country Club and they try <laughs> to figure out where it was. So we're trying to come up with a plan to let staff know when there was an emergency and where it was. Um, and uh, we're trying to figure out how we can do that. Uh, we started with like a paging system and that, that didn't work so well. Um, we, we started using radios and then, that, you know, that, that kind of worked, but it wasn't exactly what we wanted. And then... Um, Three of our security guys got together, myself, uh, Chris Miller, who's uh, Air Force security as well, oh, works gosh. for me part-time, <laughs> and then uh, Jesse Sheets, who is a former veteran. Uh, he was a surveillance manager at Sands Casino, and now he's the Wayhill Guest House manager. Okay. Um, we came up with an idea to say, you know, everyone has a cell phone in their hands. We need an app. So we're trying to figure out how we can build this into an app. Um, Chris and I have done web design in the past. So we thought, hey, if we can build a website, why can't we build an app? You know, it's, it's not too much differently. Mm -hmm. um, so we started looking into it, and we went through the process uh, to become an Apple developer, which is Apple's pretty strict with yeah. their guidelines. So you have to go through all kinds of hoops, and <laughs> everything's got to be perfect before they accept it. And um, Google is kind of the opposite. They'll, <laughs> they'll take anything. And they won't they won't take it off their store unless they get complaints about it. Oh, so <laughs> we started with Google and we got the app up and running. We said, oh, this works great. And then uh, we went through the Apple process and got kicked back a couple times and finally got everything perfect and they accepted it. So we uh, tried it with our senior staff first and uh, they loved it. They said, this, this, is, a, this is brilliant. <laughs> and then... Um, we rolled it out to some key staff members for testing and then to the membership later. And uh, it's been pretty, pretty successful. Cool. So can you explain a little bit like how the app works exactly and what types of emergencies people are reporting and then like sort of what the SOP is then once something is reported, then what happens? Yeah. So typically in the emergency, <clears throat> our protocol is to call 911, mm -hmm. which most people know to do that. But then we have an internal number that we call. It's a 24-7 answering service that uh, we give everyone the phone number to. And they put it in their phone, and then they forget what they put it under or where it is. <laughs> and when there's an emergency, they stumble for it. Sure. So we built that into the app. So there's a button to call 911. Second button is to call the dispatch. And then third tells you all the emergency protocol steps to do. Oh, wow. Um, 
the answering service then will push out a text message and we could push alerts out through the app. Um, you know, it's, it's got all kinds of quick call buttons. Um, we have uh, help with CPR and AEDs because people, when they start panicking in the emergency, they forget. You forget everything. <laughs> what, what were the, yeah, what were the ratios? I don't remember. Right. Was it two breaths? Was it three breaths? Was it, so right. they can quickly pull it up and everyone's got a phone in their hand these days. So mm-hmm. well, that's awesome. And then I assume then you said like the staff has really enjoyed it. Um, has the member feedback also been positive? Yeah, member feedback's been great. Um, we actually had a member ask us if we can somehow tie our lightning system into the app. Oh. So they know they know when they can and can't play. And uh, we actually worked with StrikeGuard, who we use, and uh, we tied that in as well. So it'll show you a live update of what the lightning play status is. Oh, gosh. That's smart. That's like a one-stop wow. shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything's there. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And then uh, my cousin said, do you have weather alerts in there? That would be cool as well. So we... <laughs> With the National Weather Service, we tie that in as well, so you can see the current any severe thunderstorms or <clears throat> tornado warnings, anything like that. Brilliant. And okay, I guess since this is very topical, are you guys using it in any way right now, um, as far as the pandemic stuff goes? Yeah, we actually um, we put a we put a tile on on the page for the the uh, coronavirus pandemic that's going on, and it gives us some information on what to do, uh, the hospital numbers to call for screening. Um, and, uh, you know, just, just a brief overview of, of what it is and, and the club status as well, you know, cause we're currently closed for until the 31st at mm-hmm. the moment. Good. Well, I mean, I think that's a fantastic way to just kind of cover all your bases and communicate that out to your members in a way that you can update very quickly. Um, very cool. Um, have you had any challenges with the implementation of this? I mean, obviously with the development of the app i'm sure there were some hiccups along the way but yeah along the way um it wasn't too bad though um <clears throat> apple again is a, is a struggle because you know if you don't have a certain permission worded correctly they won't take it if you don't, and, and they won't tell you you know if you have five things wrong with your app they're not going to tell you all five they're right. going to tell you the first thing and then you're going to submit it again and wait right. and then they're going to tell you the second thing then you're going to submit it again and wait <laughs> so it can be a long process with that but once we got it all correct, I mean, it, it was, we, we knew what we could and couldn't do then. Very cool. Um, and so I guess, have there been any, I guess, unexpected outcomes or unintended consequences of implementing something like this? I really don't see that as there's being anything negative associated with it, but I mean, I guess some of the feedback that you've gotten in terms of adding certain functionalities is probably wasn't initially anticipated, but has been a cool um, addition. Is there anything else like that? We had a member get into uh, one of the settings, and in order to do this, you have to hit a couple different buttons. And uh, he actually called for help, <laughs> saying that he needed help out on the golf course. So we sent everyone out looking for this guy. We couldn't find him. Um, we had the police come, ambulances come, or said, you know, this guy could be down somewhere. It's a really hot day. We're not sure if he needs help. In order to do this, he has to actually go through a bunch of steps to do it. So we, we know this was intentional. So then uh, we ended up tracking him down with the tea sheets and we found him eating lunch at the lime kiln. I says, oh, I'm not sure how I did this, but I wanted to see how it worked. Well, it worked. Oh, <laughs> Excellent everybody beta out test. There. <laughs> so since then, I changed the, uh, the app to actually give us a GPS location when that happens now so we can see where it's actually coming from. Very smart. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> you learn. Well, you know, <laughs> trial and error. 
unplanned exercise, you know, great, yeah. great way to make sure everything works, that everybody's in play and nobody knew it was coming, right? Oh, yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that pretty much covers all the questions that we have. Melissa, do you have anything else that you'd like to cover? I don't. I, yeah, it definitely sounds like a great, uh, great resource for your members and your staff. And very cool. Very it cool. is, and since and since we've implemented it, um, some of the emergency services in our area have been using it to to get around our property with maps and things like that. Oh, cool! And uh, the actual township that we're in, which is Upper Saucon Township, actually bought a version of the app for us that was just released on uh, Wednesday. Wow! So they're using it now for their emergency management for the township. That's cool. I mean, I that also wow. just ties into great community impact as well. I mean, this especially in this day and age, it's, it's good to be connected in that way and to have means of, you know, pinpointing where you are and when you need help and all of that. So that's awesome. Um, I'm really like, I was super thrilled to see that a club had implemented something like this and I think that's pretty unique. So it'd be neat to see this, um, develop more across the board. Um, so thank you for chatting with us and sharing with us. This is very cool. Sure, absolutely. If any other clubs are interested, they can get in touch with us. Absolutely. Well, we'll we'll be sure to share the information out for sure. <laughs> All right, great. I awesome. appreciate that. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate the uh, the time that you spent with us today, and I hope things are going smoothly and everybody's staying safe and healthy up there in PA. Yeah, hopefully this uh, this pandemic goes through quickly and we forget all about it. So. Yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For sure. Well, thanks well, for the call, guys. Nice abs- talking to you both. Absolutely. All right. Have a Thank good one, go. John. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up for, I guess I wouldn't say this month. <laughs> I think that wraps us up for this week. <laughs> right. Things have, as we said, it's been crazy. We're grateful to you all for listening. Um We are working hard to stick together through this unprecedented experience. Um, Jeff started a a cool hashtag this past week that he's been sharing and that we've taken on, and that's hashtag CMAA strong. Um, And we're pretty proud of that. And we're proud to see so many of our members sharing what types of innovative things they're doing at their club in response to, as I said, this unprecedented experience, Um, you know. It's amazing to see how people are really, and I, I know Joe touched this, touched in his comments on this, but you know, this is more than just about um, CMAA as an mm-hmm. organization, as an employer. This is more organization about the organization as a whole. This is our clubs. These are families, and ultimately, these are our local communities. So it's amazing to see what our clubs um, are doing at this time to really support all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Make sure you just you stay connected to CMAA, whether it's through social media, checking your emails, or feel free to reach out to us at any time. We are all working remotely now, but we are all available to you to answer your questions, to help you find resources if you're looking for something specific. Um, that's what we're here to do as the CMAA team, um, and we're proud to do that. We're happy to do it, and we want to make sure that your clubs remain successful and safe and healthy places to be. Um, and whatever we can do to ensure that we're, we're here for you. So, um, until next month, um, <laughs> we'll be excited to bring you, as Melissa mentioned, employee or onboarding with our newest master club manager, Boris Grudina. Um, but until then, please, you know, send us your feedback, share any ideas for future episodes, reach out if you have a suggestion for 
a guest or a topic, um, make sure you wash your hands, cough into your elbow, stay six feet away from people, and uh, make healthy and smart choices as we continue on this unknown road without a map. (laughs) And we know you have a lot of choices on how to spend your time. Mm I know we know we're competing with Netflix right now. I know. Um, but um, thank you so much for uh, being part of this avenue for all of us. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. Absolutely. So until next month, I'm Kyle. That's Melissa. And uh, we'll hear from you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>